0: Gather round, join us for a smell. There is magic to be found and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble, bonfire babble. Welcome to the
1: bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hi, everybody. Hello. Now, there's no way for you to know this, but I feel like I am about to bite the microphone. I am so close to the microphone.
0: (laughs) We are close. Something's going on. So close. We don't know.
1: But it's fun. Yeah. It's kind of like a game. How expressive can I get with my face without
0: legitimately bumping into it i don't know we're going to <laughs> we're find out find tonight out. though we are definitely going to find out here's the other thing too yes. any of our technical witches out there yo send us your good vibes yeah, please i uh i have to say <laughs> i feel like i feel like doing some repelling magic some banishing magic because when we record with Conwan we have such a we're fine technically. Smooth sailing, baby. She, yeah, she's not in the room with us. But every single time we try to record a guest, something goes. It's like a ghost is here. It's like they don't want us to have guests. No, it's like, it's like there's ghost in the machine. We kid you not. Every single every guest, time, without fail. Yeah, just and, not with Conlon. Yeah, we don't know why. Maybe her vibes are too tight. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But any any tech witches out there? Uh, we would pay you for some advice. We really love your help. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we've tried your, Riverside and Squadcast. And that's your Zoom. behind the curtain. Yeah, there you of go. A
1: glamorous
0: <laughs> business we call show. So <laughs> glamorous. Oh my god. Okay. Yes, we are recording right after Beltane.
1: It is the Monday after Beltane. Uh, thank you all, by the way, to to uh, those who came to the live that I did at my bonfire. That was really sweet of you to come. And I loved having you there. It was real nice.
0: It was beautiful. Hey, thanks. I, I got to watch it after the fact. little and bonfire
1: for people who maybe can't have a bonfire.
0: Yeah. And I hope lots of people did candles if they could do that. But I know even some people can't even do that. And I had a great weekend. It I'm was so glad, fabulous. My wife and I had a ton of fun. We were going to have a bonfire last night, but we didn't. That's fair. <laughs> I had the bonfire for all of us. Yeah i, I went I went to bed at eight thirty, and I got Excellent. and I watched your your live when I got there. When I finally got it, I love that
1: you went to bed at eight thirty.
0: Yeah. I love that for you. I didn't go to sleep until 1, but I went to bed at 8.30. <laughs> okay, a little bit too much inside information, everybody. Who oh, among we, us? We, but I did want to talk about the fact that I thought Beltane was really magical. I heard from a lot of people how magical it was for them. We did some fun stuff over on Patreon and also shared some stuff with the gram that hopefully you'll look at. I did an Oracle card pull. For, I know, for the Northern and the Southern Hemisphere. It was really fun and weirdly appropriate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The cards be like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they are. But today, today,
1: we're talking about Hildegard von Bingen. Yeah, we are. There's so
0: much to say. She is German. She's German. She's a Benedictine nun. She Uh. was born and lived 300-ish years before Joan of Arc. Long time. So, where she was celebrated, Joan was burned at the stake.
1: Yeah, we're gonna
0: talk a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: we're no, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about all kinds of weird junk today because Hildegard was into all kinds of weird junk, and it's fun
0: and how it relates back to witchcraft. Exactly. Yeah, very interesting. Very
1: interesting stuff.
0: Should we head to the library? Yeah, we're just we're jumping right in, everybody. Let's Let's jump go. in. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, First of all,
1: I have lots of sources this week. Awesome. Like a lot. Like like so many. (laughs) Okay. So here we go. I'm going to bring my book up higher so I can read it. (laughs) Britannica.com. Hildegard.com. Franciscanmedia.org. Brooklynmuseum.org. Worldhistory.org. Openculture.com. Beerandbrewing.com heckint.org, arthistoryproject.com, bbc.co.uk, mmstudios.com, jstore.org, medievalcheese.blogpost.com. <laughs> oh, oh, and of course, uh the you know, benevolent alien
0: overlord wikipedia. Okay. I have not as many sources. The Unholy Mystic, St. Hildegard, the movie. It's a five-part, put-together, put, put together beautiful documentary on her. And you can find it on v- Vimeo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always get Vimeo and Venmo mixed up when I'm talking, so I have <laughs> to be do careful. They do look the same. Yes. And my other is... Anam Chara, Explore the Mystical Life, her book, and then a lot of knowledge that I have from myself, from the herbal school, from research I've done in the past, and I cannot remember where I assimilated it from, mm. about her herbal work, and also about her music, and A big nod to somebody whose name I will not mention, who was doing her PhD on Hilda when I spent a lot of time with her. So I heard a lot about her and a lot about the music, her music life, and a little bit about her mysticism.
1: If you go on Spotify Mm -hmm. and you type in Hildegard von Bingen, you will find so many playlists of people who have done... New recordings of Hildegard's music. Mm-hmm. And we're only to talk about
0: that a little bit. Yeah. But right. that's a bonfire talk. That's some bonfire yeah. talk. Yeah.
1: So Hildegard von Bingen, also known as the Sybil of the Rhine, which I think is great, was born in 1098. Exact date, unknown. But 1098, which is, uh, let me look my calendar, a long time ago. And she died in <laughs> 1179. She was 81.
0: Ah, long life.
1: She was so old, especially for back then. Mm-hmm. Like wicked old. And she was not f- officially canonized until 2012. People regarded her as a saint for a really long time, but she was not officially canonized by the church until Pope Benedict The 16th. She was recognized for a really long time, centuries and centuries, as a saint, but she wasn't officially canonized until 2012 when Pope Benedict XVI declared her uh, a saint, and then a year later, he declared her a doctor of the church. She's one of only four women to ever receive that title. Yeah, it's huge. It's humongous. It's very exciting stuff. Yay, Hildy. She is the patron saint of musicians and writers, and her feast day is on the 17th of September. So if you're feeling like celebrating Miss Bingen, that is the day. She was considered a polymath, which basically a polymath is somebody who excels at all kinds of stuff. So I was reading her thing and I was like, this sounds like a person with ADHD. Oh, wow. This sounds like a person who got very interested in making cheese and then was like, cool, I've mastered that and got very good at brewing beer and was like, cool, I got very good at that and then got bored and moved on to writing music and illuminating texts and like all the things she just got very very good at all these things and I was like I know so many people like that
0: about 15 years ago there was this term going around I don't know if it still is that oh you're an indigo child that described exactly what you just said Hmm. they were good writers artists musicians and also math and Yeah, she was English. also a scientist. Yeah, Oh, yes, yeah, she was. As
1: much as one can be a scientist in 1098. But she was just really good at a lot of things. A lot of people call that a Renaissance man, mm. right? Not to be confused with Renaissance man, the movie with Danny DeVito, which still rocks. Just saying, I love that movie very much. Hoorah. She uh, was she was a, like I said, a scientist, and that science was directed specifically at medicine. She was big into using herbs to heal people and make them feel better and make their lives better. In the year 1918, there was a planet named after her. It's called 8, 9, Planet 898 8, Hildegard, which I think is pretty sweet. And uh, a lot of scholars, this was, this was something that I saw a lot. And every time I saw it, it made me inspired and angry. (laughs) It was this quote that clearly a lot of people lifted from somewhere and all were like, this is the deep thing to say about Hildegard. But I think it's probably true. As infuriating as it is, which is that had she been born a couple hundred years later, she would have been burned at the stake as a witch. A hundred percent. Yeah. This woman would not have been lauded for her incredible contributions. She She would have absolutely been killed. She would have been killed at the stake at age 17. Because she also had visions. Now, I, if you read my Beltane poem on Instagram, you know I love a lovely luscious turner phrase right the way she described her visions and i love this was shade of the living light and i love that she was a
0: poet for sure for
1: sure now i am not a christian person but i can understand that a christian person would experience that experience and feel god in them on mm-hmm. them around them it's beautiful it's very evocative I love it very much.
0: I think witches feel that with Deity all the time. Sure. And and I think it's the exact same thing. Sure. Given her particular framework, it makes a lot of sense that she was like, this is God.
1: Yep. And she was very sickly from the time she was little. So she was like very sickly. And then that's when she started having these visions. And she was from like not wealthy wealthy family but she was from a a well-off family she was in the lower sort of echelon
0: of court so elevated but not like
1: elevated
0: i found that she was part of royalty and because of that every which i did not know this before maybe you did that every 10th child born to royalty that are not the king and queen and Mm -hmm. stuff like that are sent to serve the church and And she she was was the the 10th child yeah, she
1: yeah. was the 10th and youngest. So she was the 10th and youngest, and she was sent to the church. Now, there's a lot of people who say she wanted to with um, a, com- a contemporary named, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's spelled J-U-T-T-A. And they were slightly different in age, and they went to the same nunnery? In wrong. Monastery's wrong.
0: Yeah, she founded one, though.
1: What's the word I want? It's for nuns, but it's a monastery, but for nuns. Is it just nunnery? I think so. Get thee to a nunnery? Well, yeah. <laughs> God, that makes me mad, too. Okay, so she, they went to this nunnery, this Benedictine church. Eventually, she was made the, like, the head nun, the mother superior, mother superior yeah. of the church. And, but that was later, later in life. So she was in her, like, 40s or 50s. And... So they were at this nunnery and she was like, I have had a vision that I need to move this nunnery to Bingen. I need to move it. It needs to be elsewhere. And they were like, no, because there's like a big stone, beautiful dwelling here, a big church where you want to move them is like temporary housing at best. It is not cute. It is not the vibe. Stay here. And so she... <laughs> I don't want to say she threw a tantrum and it worked, but what she did was fell very ill and couldn't move and was paralyzed. And it was because she said that God was angry that he she wasn't fulfilling his desire to have
0: this nunnery moved to Bangin. Do you know what one of my favorite things that Hilde did? <laughs> what? Because of the time that she lived in, and scholars have said this, you can read it in her letters, is that she played on the fact that, well, women, since we're weaker physical vessels mm. uh, and we can't do things or aren't allowed to do things by law that men are, I think it clearly points to the fact that we are better for spiritual mm-hmm. communication and in touch and that that's our calling and our specialty. So you really need to listen to us. Yeah.
1: She straight up was like, you're making me sick Yeah, because I can't follow through on God's will. And Mm -hmm. if that's not a very, very good flex, I don't know what is. (laughs) So she did that. And that was great. And finally, the guy in charge was like, fine. (laughs) And then she was fine. And she left. She was so smart. And she also was incredibly, for her time, I think, progressive and just she had a sense Mm. of justice there was a person who had been interred at the cemetery given his last rites and all this stuff and then was later excommunicated posthumously and they tried to dig him up and she was like i think not i do not think so actually and they were like yeah and she was like no and the church was punished for that and she was like i don't care he got his last rites he was part of the church when he died and was buried. This is garbage. You can't dig him up. That's gross. And so they didn't. And against didn't. God's will. And against God's will. Yeah, yeah I'm probably diminutizing <laughs> no, a tiny I bit. No, I think,
0: but... gross, works just as well as God wouldn't like it. Yeah. yeah. It works.
1: So she was, like, not to be fucked with. And mm-hmm. I really like that about her. She also is one of the only medieval composers. She's the only medieval composer, I think, or at least one of a small number, who's like music can be tied to an author. And it survived because they
0: notated it so well. They
1: notated it so well. And she is the only person that they have record of that did both the lyrics and the melody. Yeah. And her song, the name of which I can't remember, I'm so sorry, was, is arguably the first ever morality play.
0: Well, I have that one. It's called Ordo Verti. Tutum. Yes. ordo vertutum. and there are pieces within that mm-hmm. piece which i have listened to and i will share with you out at the bonfire <laughs> yes so she wrote and illuminated her own texts she wrote
1: her own music she was like we should put hops in beer and here is the reason why first of all tastes better second of all it will relax the humors whereas a lot of other quote-unquote doctors at the time were like beer will cure your depression and hildegard was like actually i think beer might be a depressant yeah and they were like you're crazy girl she talked a lot about the way you treated your body and the things you put in it and the way that you behaved with like the physical realm around you And how that could make you more holy. And that could bring you closer
0: to divinity. And it was wonderful. She was one of the, if I may jump in here, one of the first people to describe what the circulatory system did 700 years before they were able to prove it scientifically. And she was also, because of her, for a couple hundred years anyway, women used to be told not to go outside, not to do a lot of movement. You know, the reason that women couldn't run marathons until the seventies, especially if they were pregnant, is because the baby would fall out. Because nobody, <laughs> nobody understood nobody science. still understands. And like. she, she said, they need to go out. They need to get fresh air. They need to walk every day. They need to exercise. and and so get them outside yeah her nunnery would have been a banging place to be oh i think so. because
1: you were making cheese you were making beer you were singing praise you were painting you were writing you were enjoying the pastoral environment Mm -hmm. she yeah she was just very cool and i think that's all i have about her historically okay i'm trying to think if i have anything else I don't think so. I just know that the vibe I got from all the things I read and I read a lot of things was that she basically was like, you don't get to tell me what God said to me, which is not a flex that a lot of women have made in history. It was incredibly novel because all the men in the church were like, well, God is telling me this. And she's like, well, God is telling me this. So bite my butt,
0: I guess. (laughs) And it was just really good because she won. Yeah. And how she won is still beyond me. But she did. She did. Yeah. And I think it's because she was really, really smart. Like
1: about the way that she fought those battles. Yeah. She was really smart. Yeah. She knew the system super well. So she knew how to exactly where to stick the screwdriver to like make things work the way she needed
0: them to. Well, my library is about Christian mysticism. When I think about the good things that came from my particular religious upbringing, there aren't many things that I consider, you know, positive. That is not a slam on Christians. It is a slam on my particular brand of religion, which was uh, charismatic or it's called spirit filled. It's also called Pentecostal Mm -hmm. speaking in tongues, hands on healing, prophecy or other miracles like ending droughts and stuff like that. Those kind of concepts. So big miracles. And that is part of Christian mysticism. These concepts were totally my jam. And that's probably why I delved so deeply into revelations because of all the symbolism and the mystical predictions. My- <laughs> mystical. <laughs> mystical predictions. Christian mysticism is mostly attributed, of course, to Catholicism and Orthodox practices, and it's a little bit different than Jewish mysticism, even though many of their ideals and ideas are based on Jewish mysticism, as is a lot of witchcraft. <inaudible> just <inaudible> <inaudible> FYI. <inaudible> so what is Christian mysticism, and why is it important? Because that is what they were able to call her Instead of a witch. And it is defined by personal transformation and experience under the eyes of God. Mm. We're talking about baptisms, Eucharist, the Lord's Prayer, the crucifixion of Jesus, his resurrection, the Holy Spirit, which uh, is what the Charismatics and Pentecostals channel. Yeah, people, that's what they're doing. They they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues. There's a new movement though, I guess, called Neo-Charismatic or Neo-Pentecostal who are like, we can still be touched by the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit if we don't speak in tongues. That would not have flown in my day. No, of no, 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 no. It does like, no. And they also have a threefold path And a threefold rule that's really important to a lot of practices, that number three, and theirs was purification, illumination, and unification, which is where she fulfilled all of that Christian mysticism. I read one place that she was given permission to tell her visions, Mm -hmm. and I read another place that her confessor forced her because and that the the confessor was the one that said you're getting sick because you're not.
1: She didn't want to. Yeah. There are a lot of writings about yeah. how she didn't want to do that. And somebody
0: was like, you got to. Yeah. So she did.
1: That's what I read anyway.
0: And yes, the reflection of the living light. Yeah, I think you've already mentioned that. And she, I think this is Bonfire Talk, the next thing that I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, her visions and the five senses and all that good stuff.
1: I have one more thing yeah, for absolutely. the library because I almost forgot and then I remembered it and I just wrote it down so that I could remember to say it before we go. She also posited
0: the idea of the universe having a boundary. Are you talking about the circle thing? I'm talking about the egg. The egg. Yes, the egg. Yep. That's That was the other thing that I was, I've got it for the bonfire. Are <laughs> you fucking kidding me, yeah.
1: Hildegard?
0: Yeah. So before her
1: time. Oh, yeah. And like, is it a little bit wonky? Is it a little bit like the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes Nutter where it, it doesn't make sense now, but I'm putting it in the only words I have to contextualize right.
0: it? Yeah, and now it makes sense. And now it makes sense. Watch the beginning of Picard. So when I read that, oh, I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? <gasps> oh my gosh! The second season, the the opening to the second season has the shape of the universe. And so when I read that about the egg, I don't know why I said circle, but anyway, it, it looks like that. So you'll recognize it every time I, I see it. it. I go ah. Oh. And when I read that, I went, oh, that's what Hildegard predicted. Yeah, she
1: was like, the universe is. So there's the Earth, which is fire and earth, mm-hmm. and then around it is air and water and the air is encased in a shell and the edge of the universe is a shell like an egg and I'm like Hildegard you did it (laughs) (laughs) you did
0: it baby but ever expanding that egg is just getting bigger now I wonder if that's why eggs were so important to Mork on Mork and Mindy (laughs) (laughs) okay Obviously, an episode for another time. Ah, There There you, Robin Williams. I miss him. Miss him every day. Yeah, let's go to the bonfire. Yeah, let's do it.
1: My toes are cold. Let's go.
0: All right. Here we are. Here we are. The bonfire.
1: It's toasty. It's
0: crackling. It's lovely. It is. It's true.
1: (laughs) It is. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Well, or do you just want to chat? We
0: can go back and forth. I'll, I'll tell you why. I I think I kind of already mentioned that the reason I found out about her was because a friend of mine was doing her PhD yes. on her and she was a music major. And when I knew her, she was all but dissertation, ABD. <laughs> I'm hoping that she finished. I have lost contact with her. It's really sad. One of the things that I learned then about her, I, I, I knew she was a musician and a composer, I thought I knew she was a saint because we, we had a talk off, off, I almost said off camera. Off camera. camera. <laughs> off camera. <laughs> we had a talk off mic because I was like, no, wasn't it 13 something? So something happened to her at 13 something. But my friend, I always called her Saint Hildegard. And per- she was considered saintly. Yeah. yeah. And they performed her music, which if you do any research on her music, it, it, ranges over all these octaves and it is written down that she sang them. Other women sang them as well. People in the church sang them. But if you listen to them now, so there's one in particular. I try. I tried to listen to a lot of music the last three or four weeks. That I did do because I knew we were doing this episode and I had, hadn't listened to it for like 20 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of them that are just for lack of a, a better word it's really uncomfortable to yeah. listen to well
1: she did a lot of her stuff the way she wrote it Yeah, was the in the mono style where it's mm-hmm. just a single voice or a single yeah. instrument playing a single melody and I think that's really uncomfortable.
0: If I may say I think she was the Stephen Sondheim of her time. She was incredible because I'm going to have to listen this one that really disturbed me she's all over the place and they're minor notes but then the major notes come in I really want to read some reviews or some analysis about this particular music. And it's called part of the the Ordo Vertum Tutum. Vertutum. Vertutum. It was an arrangement by Dietberg Spore Patinia. And it was about ego and humiliation. Ugh. And it's just, it's eerie. So if, it's on Spotify if you want to look that mm. up. And then there's this other one. Oh, Virtuous Sepinti, which is some of the chants and psalms put to music that she put to music.
1: Yeah, she was just... She wrote some really incredible chants. I have a tricky time with
0: chamber music. Do you? But you didn't like the solo stuff either? For
1: Well, that style, that whole style of music. Mm. I have kind of a hard time with that because church makes me uncomfortable mm, mm-hmm. that's a personal experience thing and i was in choir since the time i could speak basically mm-hmm. and in high school i was in chamber choir and it's just like burned into me <laughs> in a way that is not cute or fun or tasty in any kind of way Wow, i can appreciate chamber music but there's certain styles that just like really really grind my my teeth together and this is one of them. I can listen to some of the arrangements that were done that took some liberties and like made it a little fuller and a little bit more less uncomfortable i guess yeah. but there's some of it that i was listening to and i was just like oh i can't hang i actually don't think i can hang
0: <laughs> so this is how weird i am the one that made me really uncomfortable i'm gonna make myself listen to over and over again and see if i come to like it or understand it or get downloads from the universe totally from it fair because i really feel like music and i bet hers especially carries secrets oh for sure and codes for us speaking of yeah.
1: secrets yeah she had her own secret language yes she, she- did she created invented a language. Did you write down the name of it? Something Ignota. Yeah. Lingua Ignota.
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: <laughs> yeah. So she created this thing called the Lingua Ignota, uh, which basically just kind of means like secret language or like mystical language. She would write like messages and her visions and things in this fancy special secret language,
0: which is wild. And, and also a great way to keep your secrets. Yeah, you weren't kidding. But then they were translated. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, A
0: hundred of her letters still exist. I know.
1: That's incredible. That's insane. Do you know what breaks down over time?
0: Paper. I wanted to read those before the episode, but I didn't get a chance to. I did start to read Sivis. I know I'm. I was pronouncing this, it scivius. It might be in Skivious. my head.
1: It's spelled S C I V I A S. It is scivius.
0: Thank you. It is absolutely scivius. I don't speak
1: Latin. Surprise! And so I just I'll made ask it Tammy. up. i Tammy.
0: I'll ask Tammy. I think it's scivius though. And oh, I was gonna go back to one of the other things that I knew about her is that Europe considers her the founder of the science of natural history. Yes, they do. And we use a lot of the herbs and herb properties that came from her. And here's the thing, while she's considered that she's not taught in a ton of herbal schools. But I found one that does. It's the one who did the unruly movie that I've got the five part documentary that I have. She was 400 years before John Jared. And 600 years before, 500 years, I guess, before Nicholas Culpepper. Oh. And Nicholas Culpepper, and there is one other guy, and I'm so sorry. I keep trying to find him again. Uh, There's somebody before Nicholas Culpepper who was an astrobotanist, an astrological botanist. Got it. But Nicholas Culpepper is the one that is attributed with all of that. So you know those associations that we give out for planets and body parts and the sign of an herb those were developed by nicholas and this other guy i feel so bad other guy sorry i'll find you at some point (laughs) i I found it yeah i know i found it once and i've never found it again that's how hidden he is and i think he was like 200 years before nicholas Mm. but anyway they base their herbal stuff before they went to astrology on her stuff and her discoveries and her, you know, the blood circulation, all that good medicine that she, you know, the hops yeah. that would
1: calm your yeah. humors down.
0: Yeah. Yes. So I think every herbalist needs to know about her, and I'm looking for her herbalist books. I think they're out there, but I yes. don't know. That's amazing. Her visions are, and her letters are out there. You want to talk about her visions a little bit?
1: Uh, I would love to. I actually have a great quote that I love of hers that I have as a segue. Mm. I'm going to read it. Are you ready?
0: Please go for it.
1: I am the fiery life of the essence of God. I am the flame above the beauty in the fields. I shine in the waters. I burn in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And with the airy wind, I quicken all things vitally by an unseen, all-sustaining life.
0: I love that that's beautiful you know what if that had been a letter do you know how she would have signed it how stay moist and juicy that is how all of her letters were yes signed because of the medicinal stuff that is gorgeous Stay juicy my friends that's my new stay sign juicy. off for life yeah
1: i love that and here's why okay i love this quote because it is such a firm almost defiant declaration that says i am divine Mm -hmm. now this is i am divine through god but i am divine i make life continue i have the all-sustaining life in me i am the same stuff as the moon and the sun and the stars and that's
0: revolutionary
1: especially for that time
0: especially for a woman
1: especially for a woman
0: that we still have all of her stuff that it survived after they turned their backs on women and fiery essence i i'm so glad we have it oh it's so good anyway i love that let's talk about our visions go off yeah so some of them i read one of them to Corey before we started and i was like hildy that's a little bit shame putting on so, like, a little, like,
1: little shamey, a little
0: shamey right there. Like, the strong, if you know, you're poor if you don't work hard enough. It's like, mm, honey, no, that's not how that happens. Yeah. Vision two the blessed angels following God with their faithful devotion and glowing in the divinity's esteem with their worthy love, or being dragged away from the glory of celestial blessedness, although they are not terrified by any pressure of injustice. Those who are falsely attentive to God may not move forward to greater things, but they may be hurled down with a just reason from the thing which they wrongfully consider to have for themselves. This very great multitude looks as if they were living torches. They were very bright. You know who I'm thinking of. <sighs> All those billionaire millionaires. Boy, if the afterlife exists, Hilde's coming for you. So that's part of one of them. I have a great quote here
1: that I love because it sort of speaks to her vibe about how green is like life. Like the power of God is this green, this like greening energy. Oh, most honored greening force, you who roots in the sun, you who lights up in shining serenity within a wheel that earthly excellence fails to comprehend. You are enfolded in the weaving of divine mysteries. You redden like the dawn and you burn flame of the sun. And I love that because that could be talking about God Mm -hmm. or it could be talking about a plant. Yeah. It's probably talking about a plant. It looks like something about a plant. I think so. She could be talking about a flower or an herb that when it grows up, it turns
0: red (laughs) Or a metaphor for a human. Or a metaphor for a a human. Or body. One of the things I loved about her, and I'm so glad I found this, was one of her visions talks about the connection between body and soul. She was one of the first people to do that. Now tell me, oh people, what do you think you were when you were not yet in body and soul? You truly do not know how you were created, but now, oh people... You wish to examine heaven and earth and to decide the justice of those in the order of God and to distinguish the highest of things, even though you do not wish to examine the lowest of things. You do not know how you may live in a body or how you may be removed from a body. God who created you in the first man foresaw all of these things, but the same very mild father sent only his begotten son to die for people so that the world might be free. Boy, steeped in that patriarchy stuff. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm so glad we're
1: further away from that Further away from that particular brand, Mm -hmm. yeah. I have a really fun uh, medicine recipe here. Oh, please. I mean, it's not a recipe so much as,
0: well, kind of, yeah. Okay, we do not condone you doing this without talking to your doctor.
1: Yeah. Nevertheless, if someone has an empty brain, and because of this is vexed by insanity and is delirious, take the whole grains of wheat and cook them in water. Remove these cooked grains from the water and place them around his whole head, tying a cloth over them. His brain will be reinvigorated by their vital fluid and he may recover his health and strength. Do this until he returns to his right mind. Wrap your head in wheat, folks. (laughs) I don't cure what ails you. <laughs>
0: Unless, of course, you're gluten intolerant. N- and then don't do that. itchy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Itchy
0: and bad. <laughs> anyway, so that's a fun one. Here's another one that we talked about, the egg. For this very large, round, and shady object, which was like an egg, with the top part narrower and the middle part fuller and the lower part compressed shows faithfully the all-powerful God, incomprehensible in a majesty and inestimable in divine mysteries and existing as the hope of all the faithful. At first, the people were untried and simple in their actions, but thereafter, those people spread themselves out in the Old and New Testament. Nevertheless, around the time of the end of the world all of them may suffer many hardships and difficulties.
1: Wow that's
0: the, I think that's the beginning of her predicting the universe and how the universe is shaped. On Wild. the outer edge of this circular object, there was a bright flame mm-hmm. which got, yeah, it's her vision three. this signifies that, yeah, it's it's just fascinating. I don't know that they are. It does kind of remind me a little bit of Agnes Nutter. A little bit. And I have to wonder, too, some of these sounds so simple right now. Mm. But I think back then
1: they were probably not. Simple. They
0: were epiphanies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For real. I want to talk about why I called her the cheese
0: witch earlier. Please. I have been dying to know.
1: I think this was off mic. We were talking about it. My a coworker of mine just got back from Germany and. And she was like, We weren't blah, 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 blah. We went to this place and that place. And then we went to Bingen. And I went, because I can't shut my mouth sometimes, I went, like Hildegard von Bingen, the cheese witch? <laughs> she went, Yes. Why do you know that? The cheese witch. And I was like, I don't like don't it. Don't worry about it, Mal. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. So Hildegard had a lot of opinions about cheese. She had a lot of opinions about the types of cheese that were good for you. The types of cheese that were bad for you. Uh, She had a a predilection. No. What's the word I want? She had a preference. Well, you're going to go with preference, even though it's not quite right. My brain can't make the word happen. So here we are. She had a preference for hard, dry cheeses. She said they were better for you. They would make you healthy. Uh, She had. If only. She had whole ideas about. Like the fatty soft cheeses, mm-hmm. the drier hard cheeses, and the more like liquid, like cheese curds, like cottage cheese, yeah. ricotta, things like that. She would, she basically attributed properties to cheese. Mm-hmm. And in some of her med- medicines, I guess? Yeah. Well, cheese, they were medicines back then. Cheese was a huge factor. And not only that, but she also, they made cheese at their nunnery. They made cheese, they made beer. They did all the things. And if she had been doing this 2 or 300 years later, they would have been like she's doing divination with cheese. We should probably light her on fire. Because
0: she would use cheese. Well, here's the I think as far as making you healthy back then, mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who couldn't obtain meat. Yeah. They didn't have a lot of protein sources. And so, of course, that's a lot of protein. And I wonder, I know that there are cheeses that have probiotics. Yep. And I wonder if those are the harder ones. I think they are. I just looked it up because I had to. Swiss, provolone, gouda, cheddar, which is hard. Gouray. Oh, cottage cheese does as well. And they have really good bacteria in them because of the way they're fermented or not aged and stuff like that. So I wonder if all of those... Yeah.
1: Off topic of Hildegard, but on topic of cheese. Yeah. I don't remember which cooking show I watched it on because quarantine blurs together like one amorphous haze. But there is a nun who makes cheese and she makes it in the wooden barrels. And the health inspectors came and they were like, Bitch, you cannot be making this cheese in mm-hmm. these barrels. That is so unhealthy and unsafe. And so she was like. Okay, fine. And so she made it with the same process, but in steel barrels. And it all went bad. It all went rancid. It all was wrong. And the reason is because those barrels were so cured and so like ideal for cheese making yeah. that the FDA finally had to be, or whatever the equivalent was, finally had to be like, fine
0: so she got to go back to use yes them? oh thank goodness because
1: the freaking health guys came in and they were like this is old and therefore wrong she was like here is my degree in science my like master's degree in biology telling you that this is the only way to do this but i'll play if you want to get proven wrong on such a monumental scale there you go <laughs> and then they did and she won and it was great
0: well, I like that. Yeah. Made me but, happy. Yeah. I think I really watched good. it
1: on... Oh, it was that show where, uh, was it like Elements of Cooking or something? And they did a fermentation episode and they did like a like a fire episode. Like how the in- integration of fire into cooking changed everything. Oh, I want to
0: watch that. I'll find it. Anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, the nuns up here in the Pacific Northwest, they used to come down in their habits until I think the 90s and pull in help pull in the ferry that was part of their job and part of their work. And so they'd get the big ropes out and Stuff like that, and help with all of that. I know it was wild. I love that. I know it stopped shortly after I started going. It I only got to, to see them. it a couple of times. They stopped wearing their habits, and then eventually the state took over. I think. I think the nunnery closed, or they were doing other things. I don't. I Can actually nuns don't know.
1: Not wear habits.
0: Oh yeah, now, really? Oh yeah. I worked at a Catholic school, and one of the we only had one teacher who was a nun, and. She was out of habit. That's been, I think, since the 80s, maybe early 90s. I bet it was the early 90s. Not
1: according to Sister Act.
0: Is that? (laughs) Well, you know, take it up with Whoopi. There you have it.
1: I would love the opportunity to chat with Whoopi.
0: We have chatted a lot. A lot. Yeah, we better do our sparks. This is such a fascinating topic. I just can't get enough of her. But yeah, let's do our sparks. She is really amazing. One of the things I forgot to say at the very beginning was that I love that we're recording this right after Beltane because one of the signs that you're a Christian mystic is that personal transformation that I was talking about. And that's what this particular new moon right around, right before, the day before Beltane was all about.
1: Well, before we do Sparks, though, we want to say thank you to a couple of our new patrons. We want to say a big thank you to Shay. And to
0: Krista, welcome to the bonfire. Hello. And we also want to say thank you for the gorgeous oh, the gorgeous gift. We tagged the
1: yes. shop. We po- we posted on Instagram. You might have seen. We got these. This will be last week now. Uh, we got these beautiful pens. They're gorgeous. They're Bridget-themed. Yeah. They're beautiful. They are
0: absolutely. And I cried several times reading the letter.
1: It was a very sweet letter. Yeah. Um,
0: but just stunning pens. So thank you. So thank you. Moonbow. And when when Moonbow. she's ready, we'll tell you that her shop is up and running. And oh, my gosh, it sounds amazing. And Corey's already claimed like half the pens yeah. up there. And I'm like, well, I want – but she's like – They're mine. (laughs) We'll gas gas her up proper when
1: when we get the go-ahead. But thank you, Moonboat. Oh, my heart. What is your spark? BillionGraves.com. So I've been looking for ways to be a part of, like, gravestone maintenance and restoration in my area.
0: You can Mortellus has links and stuff to that as well. Well,
1: one that I found that was really interesting to me was BillionGraves.com. Okay. And... I haven't explored it as deeply as I'd like, but I'm fascinated by it. And you can go on there and look for resources as well as like opportunities to volunteer, places you can donate to. Uh, They have the function where you can search for graves or you can take pictures of graves that are maybe abandoned or falling apart. And you can have them added to the database. I love that. So that people can know where their families are. Uh, it's very, very cool. This
0: might be the same one that Mortellus works with. Maybe. We'll, we'll have to ask. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, speaking of our uh, our little tech difficulties. Oh, my will, goodness. We will be having a Mortellus episode. They were so amazing. They came while we troubleshot, and then the audio just did not work out. No dice. Anybody out there, we're, we're looking for we you. We need
1: your tech wizardry, <laughs> please. You need technomancers it's just out there. so
0: weird. It's, yeah, that's right. I need a technomancer. Your turn. Are you done? That's I'm it. sorry, I didn't mean to. No, okay. I'm about to make it very, very hard. Oh, for man, Corey, let
1: me roll up my sleeves and push my glasses up.
0: I want.
1: Is it going to be an abstract concept? It is. Son of a bitch! All right, go
0: ahead. <laughs> I, maybe it doesn't have to be a spark because they haven't contacted me yet. I do get to see them again next week, so I'll ask. Mm-hmm. So my dog is probably in hospice. And I took him for a quality of life checkup. While I was there, we decided to do another treatment Because of that, the woman who came in to do this treatment, this laser treatment, and he also, I'll post the pictures, he has these glasses on that he had to wear because we all had to wear sunglasses, and he looks like Snoopy getting ready to go fly. (laughs) The Red Baron. The the Red Baron. And she came in, and she was lasering him, and I noticed that she had some witchy stuff on her personage. And so I, I said... I asked her where she got her mask, and she said it was this conference, Oddities and Something. I don't know what it is, but it's a witchy symposium. That's the word I was looking for. Is it Oddities
1: and Curiosities? It is.
0: It's Oddities and Curiosities. And it was just here in Seattle in January, and I guess they have lots of witchy stuff that you can buy and things you can see. And that led us to a discussion. And she is also their crematory person. So when Riley does actually go she will be saying a blessing over him and sending him all this good energy to let him know that he was so loved and he now gets to move on and not worry about things here and that he can cross over the rainbow bridge. And I love the fact that there's a witch doing that. And I wouldn't have known that if she hadn't have been able to tell me and we're in Seattle. And I just want to say a big thank you to all the witches who can be out and sharing your stories with us and connecting with us in the real world. And I also want to say a thank you to all of the witches that are forced to stay in the closet because of where they live and they're still in Trump land or scary stuff like that. We see you too and you are part of our community and we love you all. And just thank you for being part of our lives because you are really enhancing it. You have no idea. Mm -hmm. So that's it. My thank you, and now Corey has to somehow come up with an abstracty tile to put that out there.
1: I also will probably shout out oddities and curiosities because it Ooh, looks really lovely. neat.
0: Let's do that. There, that's my spark. But both,
1: I'll do both. I'll do both. <laughs>
0: Ooh, yeah, very
1: cool stuff. I'm definitely not on their website right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, sad time. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And until next time, be well.
0: Act with intention.
1: And don't forget,
0: you are magic.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast.
0: You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com.
1: If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341 Seattle, Washington. 98116.
0: And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com.
1: Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us.
0: Yeah. And if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe.
1: We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide.
0: To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.